All right, we are now in chapter 6 of Ephesians as we continue to excavate Ephesians on Wednesday nights. We are currently examining the armor of God. Would you look with me please in Ephesians chapter 6, and as we've been doing each week through this, let's read verses 10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we considered verse 16 last week, and we'll once again be considering the shield of faith We saw last week that above all the armor that's listed prior to this in verses 14 and 15, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, we are to take up the shield of faith. And we saw last week that the faith in which we take up is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and we talked about how we get faith, and that is we assemble together and we hear preaching. Certainly you can read the Word of God and do that. There are a number of ways you can do it, but the main way God has chosen is that we would gather together and we would hear preaching. And so faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, and we must be under the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. In everything we do, this is our purpose, is that we might present the Word of God. Every ministry that we have is that we might present the Word of God. Why? Because we want people to have faith. We want them to come to a saving faith, and then we want their faith to grow after they come to Christ. And that's what we're about here. And finally, last week, we considered that once we have faith, we are to walk by faith. We are not to walk by sight but we are to walk by faith. We are to live by faith. And it's a growth process. Amen? We just don't one day wake up and we have it all together. The Christian life, it's a process. We are constantly growing in our faith. We are constantly growing in our walk with God. And so we have to always have our faith being increased. And this is something you will experience throughout your entire Christian life. And this spiritual warfare, our natural eyes can deceive us. Still recapping from last week. Remember when the children of Israel got to the edge of the promised land, they sent 12 spies in. And Ten came back and said, there's giants in the land, we can't take it. And two saw by faith. Joshua and Caleb saw by faith and they said, no, if God's given it to us, we can have it. I'm paraphrasing, amen. And then we considered how the armies of Israel were viewing Goliath by sight, natural sight. And then finally, a boy named David showed up, and he viewed Goliath by faith. 
and he went out on the battlefield. Did you notice he never went out with a shield? What was his shield? It was the shield of faith. To be victorious in our spiritual warfare, we must take up the shield of faith. The just will walk by faith, trusting that God is in complete control at all times. This is to include during times of pandemics. Jesus told His disciples just before He rebuked the wind and the seas, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? And sometimes I feel like that thought needs to be preached week by week with what we're going through. And in some cases, I'm not sure it would even get through then. But some are choosing to live in fear over COVID-19. Now, I thank God for our medical community. Amen? God has blessed them immensely. And I thank God that we live in America and we have the health system that we do. But that's not who we ultimately place our faith and trust in. Isn't that right? We must learn to walk with God. Trusting and obeying His Word. If you will simply walk with God, trust His Word, walk by faith, you have nothing to fear. Are you guaranteeing I'm not going to get sick? No. But you can live with the peace that if you're walking by faith, you're obeying His Word, that whatever happens to you is according to His will for your life. And I know that's hard for some. And I'm not saying that we need to be flippant about everything that's going on. Please be safe, especially those in high-risk categories. Don't be ashamed to wear a mask. Doesn't mean you're a Democrat. (laughs) Ah, he's going to vote for Biden. He's wearing a mask. (laughs) Don't be ashamed if you don't shake somebody's hand. Lord, please help my filter to work tonight. Amen. Listen, you do as the Lord leads you through this. But I believe what must frustrate the Lord is those who all of a sudden can't be in church, but they can be everywhere else with a mask. Now, I'm not being ugly. Either you believe the mask works or you don't. Listen, if you can go to the store and you can go to work with a mask, you ought to be able to come to church. I mean, if there's enough faith to trust a mask in public, then why shouldn't there be the same faith to trust the mask while not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as God commands and Jesus bled and died for? And listen, I'm addressing otherwise healthy folks, okay? Don't put words in my mouth. But is this not a fair question? Let me just ask this, and I'll try to leave this alone, which I've done really good for the last four months. I know it irks some. But is God happy with your faith in this matter? Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. Is God pleased with your faith in this area of COVID-19? And let me just say, He's the only one you're going to give an account to. You're not going to give an account to me. 
I'm nothing. And you're never called in the Bible to please men. But I'm here to challenge us to greater faith. And all I'm asking is whether or not God is pleased with your faith tonight. And all that matters is if you have a clear conscience with God. I've said before, I'll say it many times throughout my life, but one of the greatest days is when I realize it really doesn't matter what you think. So long as I have a clear conscience with God. So is the Lord pleased with your faith? Or would He look at you and say, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? All right. As I said last week, there's much we could cover in this verse. And if I'm not careful, it'll turn into a mini-series on faith within a mini-series on the armor of God within our main series through Ephesians. Therefore, I'm going to try and stay focused. Would you look again verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We see the reason for our shield of faith is so we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's a lot being said in that little statement. I'm not sure how much to unpack all this. But let me first point out that we are under attack. We are under attack. Charles Spurgeon said this, quote, Every Christian is born a warrior. It is his destiny to be assaulted. End quote. <laughs> That's comforting. Welcome to the faith. It is your destiny to be assaulted. And if you've walked with God for any length of time, and, uh, you know that this is true, that we are under attack. That we will be assaulted. Unfortunately, many did not see the assault as being spiritual in nature. And therefore, they reacted in their flesh and they dropped out. We must recognize the attacks are as fiery darts of the wicked. It's a spiritual battle. And I believe once we face each opposition as spiritual, and I always tell people in counseling, everything has a spiritual component to it. Everything. And once we understand that and we go into every opposition knowing that there is a spiritual component to this, we are far more likely to stay in the battle when we understand it's spiritual warfare because it gets the focus off of us and off of the other party. I'll point to my wife since we fight all the time. It gets, it gets the focus off of us. And, and what it does is it helps us to better walk by faith and not by sight. And we keep our eyes on Jesus and we are told in the Bible to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Without the shield of faith, you will become severely wounded in battle. And you will become so ineffective that you will actually remove yourself from the battlefield. There are those we find doing their yard work on Sunday mornings, washing their cars, playing their hobbies, going to work. Many of them will tell you this, I used to go to church, but I used to do this or that for God, but. And as you dig deeper, you learn that what happened was they came under attack. 
And they didn't have their armor on. And during that battle, they did not take up their shield of faith. And they'll use buzzwords like hypocrites. Legalistic. Standards. And they'll use phrases like, they only care about your money. Am I right? In reality, none of that was true. Because they're being a hypocrite by not being in church as they know the Bible commands. So don't tell me it's about hypocrites being in the church. There's hypocrites in your yard. It was never about standards. Because they have standards. You can see as they pull up their low-cut shirts when some guy takes a peek. Just got real, didn't it? You can tell when they sit down and they've got to tug their skirt lower so that it doesn't ride too high. Oh, they've got standards. It was never about standards, but they act like standards was the big turnoff. No, you just don't like others setting the standard. This is good preaching. And By the way, legalism is not standards. Let me clarify that. Legalism is what adds to salvation in Christ alone for salvation. Legalism says you need to believe in Christ, but you also need to do this in order to not go to hell. That's legalism. Don't ever confuse standards with legalism. And it was never really because the church only cared about your money, but it was because you only cared about your money. Well, I'm starting to get in the groove. Is anybody feeling a preaching storm coming on? No Christian who is right with God will ever shy away from preaching on giving. It's in the Bible. And God commands it. Don't worry, we're not going to preach on money tonight. What really happened in these kinds of situations is they were under spiritual attack. The fiery darts of the wicked were being shot at them and they did not have their shield of faith up to protect themselves. These are those who drop out of the battle entirely. But let me also warn you not to be found in the company of those who get wounded. While they don't drop out, they get all kinds of injured and messed up. I'm talking about those who allow attacks to redefine entire doctrines. I'm talking about those who will reject clear teaching of the Bible because they got wounded somewhere along the line. You hear things like, well, I don't go to that kind of church any longer. Well, good, I wouldn't go to that kind of church either. Understand what I'm saying, but it doesn't mean good churches aren't out there. A church can be right doctrinally, but because it was that kind of church by name, and we'll pick on the Baptists because they're the easiest to pick on, I won't ever enter into another independent Baptist church because you got wounded. Amen. I think most of us have experienced bad church situations. And you get wounded along the way. And we say things like, I'm never going to go to that kind of church again. And what we do is we look at the name on the door and now we associate every church with that name as being like that church over there that hurt us. And we see this across all spectrums of religion. 
And many of them are very serious reasons for why they are not there any longer. Sexual hurt, rapes, molestations, and it's no wonder they're not in church. But unfortunately, it often leads to great compromise of clear biblical truths, talking about those who are still in the battle. In response to being under attack and not recognizing it as the fiery darts of the wicked, they often will swing the pendulum all the way in the other direction. For example, somebody gets burned in a church that was all law. And you understand what I mean by all law? What I mean is there was no grace. It was all law. And people get burned in churches like that, and what they do in response is they'll swing the pendulum, and they'll go and they'll try the seeker-sensitive churches. You say, what's a seeker-sensitive church? It's the churches where anything goes, so long as you're here, we're just glad you're in the building. It's where there's a departure from the Bible, and that departure is excused by attacking the authenticity of the Word of God and its relevancy for our day. And so what people say is, well, the Bible is no longer relevant in the 21st century, and let me show you where it's wrong. Someone gets hurt in a, in a church that's all law, so they find themselves in a church where hell is not real. Because despite what the Bible says, a loving God would now never allow anyone to suffer in a place called hell. They find a church where the Bible is not even preached. Or the preacher is not even biblically qualified. Or the music has no reverence for God. And they completely forsake seeking a church that is the right balance of law and grace and mercy and truth. In favor of their newfound acceptance. That's what people are looking for is acceptance. And I believe acceptance is the optimal environment for growth. And I think we need to accept everybody in here. Not necessarily everybody as members. But I don't care if somebody of a different sexual persuasion sits in our church and listens to the preaching. That doesn't bother me one bit. I'd be very thankful they're here. Instead of having faith in God's Word that it is true, and then searching for a church that strikes the right balance biblically, the shield of faith is not taken up at all, and the baby ends up being thrown out with the bathwater. And this is what has led to such a weak Christian landscape throughout America. Instead of people having the shield of faith and understanding that it is every Christian's destiny to be attacked, they take the attacks personally as if they are really wrestling against flesh and blood. That's not what the Bible says here. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But they take it a They take it so personally that now they try the avoidance method. Even if it's at the expense of biblical truth. Well, I don't like what that preacher did to me. You know what? I don't like what that preacher did to you either. But his actions do not change God's truth. Well, I don't like what that, I don't like how that church handled that situation. I don't like how they handle that situation either. But their mishandling does not change God's truth. Guess what? There's no perfect preachers. There are no perfect churches. 
Oliver B. Green used to say, if you find the perfect church, stay out of it. You'll ruin it. For you Yankees, that's you'll ruin it. Probably shouldn't be talking about Confederates and Yankees in a day like this. Strike that from the record. I wish I could tell you I've handled everything correctly, but I haven't. I will continue to make mistakes because I'm a sinner just like you. There may be times you feel this church hasn't responded correctly, but guess what? It doesn't change God's truth. I can't tell you the amount of times I feel very inadequate to even be up here. And I have thought often this church would be way better off with somebody better. And I think, why does anybody come here anyway? And Satan whispers, why don't you just give up already? These are fiery darts of doubt. What I need to do is take up the shield of faith. And and here's my point. There's no need to jump ship every time something doesn't go just the way you wanted it to go. Okay, so you disagree with how I handled the COVID-19 response. It doesn't change God's Word. And so what happens is people abandon truth for what pleases their flesh. And many are on this quest for the perfect church. But it doesn't exist. It's a mirage. What you need to find is a church where they line up with book, chapter, verse. And then learn to show a little bit of grace and a little bit of mercy along the way. I'll guarantee you not every one of us lines up 100% in this room tonight. And that's okay. Just learn to be merciful in the areas that are not black and white. Satan would like for you to get so hung up on some extra biblical issue, meaning some issue that we can't clearly see here in the Word of God, and he wants that to lead to such division in your mind that it eventually causes you to conclude, I bet they're wrong in all kinds of areas of the Bible. If they feel that a church should still be open during a pandemic, I bet they handle every situation stupidly. He'll probably misjudge every situation. Or whatever the issue is. I'm picking on COVID, and to be clear, nobody's come to me and complained. I'm just using that as an example. Some of you are probably thinking, is somebody complaining about? I've said all this to say, one of the flaming arrows that Satan often uses is trying to get you to doubt. And he does so primarily by trying to cast doubt upon God's Word. Isn't this how we first find Satan when he shows up in the Bible? Yea, hath God said? Did God really say? Well, no. God did not say what the devil tried to insinuate that God said. Satan was actually putting words into God's mouth that were never said, all by twisting the Word of God. The devil is still using this flaming arrow today. Just look at the myriad of Bible versions out there. That's a testament to the flaming arrows that has gotten man to question God's Word. It's made them doubt and change it. I want to give you just a quick example. And listen, I'm not against you if you're still in limbo on this issue. I just want to give you an example. 
Would you just let your eyes glance at verses 14 through 17 there in your text? Don't read them, but just look at how many words are there. And I'm going to read to you what the Message Bible says, which is no Bible at all. Listen to their rendering of verses 14 through 17. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. That's it. That's it. It doesn't tell you that it's a breastplate. It doesn't tell you that it's a belt. It doesn't tell you that these are your shoes. It doesn't tell you that this is a helmet. You see, it it just tells you, figure out how to use them. No, the Bible tells us how. You see, but the fiery darts were shot, and they hit their target, and it made people doubt God's Word and eventually change God's Word. And so what we find today is all kinds of Bibles, all kinds of churches that will fit whatever your belief system of who you think God should be is. How you think His church should be structured. Why? Because we have no solid foundation. We do here. Sometimes the arrow hits the heart of someone who didn't have the shield of faith either because they weren't saved to begin with or they were severely backslidden or maybe they were never grounded at all and they were still children being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Without the shield of faith of God's Word, false doctrines and false churches have cropped up everywhere. Satan came along and said through some false teacher or through some false religion, you may have heard that God said this, but let me show you what God really meant. And as a result of so many never taking up their shield of faith, we're in a mess in Christendom today. Would you agree with that? If you hate me, you can go find a church that you love. If you hate the teachings of God's Word and you'd rather there not be hell, there's a church out there for you. We're in a mess. The Word of God is our shield. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when we waffle on the Word of God, when we Just get rid of the Word of God altogether. We have no shield of faith. We have no protection. These fiery darts try to get us to question if God is who He says He is. Does God really love me? Does He really have a purpose for my life? And Satan wants you resisting God's will. So he tries relentlessly to get you to doubt. When Peter was sinking, he cried out, Lord, save me. The Bible says in Matthew 14, 31, And immediately Jesus stretched forth His hand and caught Him and said unto Him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? In Matthew 21, verses 18 through 22, Now in the morning as He, speaking of Jesus, returned into the city, He hungered. And when He saw a fig tree in the way, He came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. 
In Mark's account, we read in Mark eleven twenty three, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. When God was calling Peter to go to Cornelius' house, the Spirit said to Peter in Acts 10.20, Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2.8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, without wrath and doubting. Listen, Satan wants you to doubt tonight. But don't ever doubt God's Word. Take up the shield of faith of God's Word. God does love you. God does have a purpose for your life. God is who He says His Word says He is. But Satan wants you to doubt God's calling and God's will for your life. So he launches fiery darts your way. And without the shield of faith, you'll be able, you will be unable to quench those fiery darts. And I think we understand tonight without me having to go into much detail, there are all kinds of fiery darts being shot at us. They come in the form of temptations, fears, infightings, gossip, slanders, doubt, depression, unholiness, feelings of being unworthy, unbidden thoughts, imaginations, desires, lust, jealousy, all manner of sinfulness. And i got to stop. We'll have to finish this next week. God does not want you to doubt. But you take up the shield of faith. You take up the Word of God. And you stand on His promises. His word is forever settled in heaven. And God said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's pray.